Are you ready to be connected? You're listening to the Insured Connection Podcast by Pica Group, a pro-assurance company, where we provide expert advice for your practice when you need it most. We connect you with industry leaders to discuss timely topics so you can listen, learn, and get back to caring for your patients. Now, let's connect. So welcome back to the Insured Connection, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, my name is Dr. Adrienne Ross, the host of your podcast, and just wanted to to invite you in and also let you know, I mean, this is for all of our service lines. We're really excited, but particularly today, I'm excited because um, I'm going to be introducing you to Dr. Tarishi Nere Onosode. Um, he's a podiatrist that practices in Texas, um, has had a lot of experience with just um, even in multi-specialty groups, and now he owns his own practice, and I'll have him give a little bit more information, but Essentially, um, we're trying to bring good quality speakers onto our podcast so that you can hear the different aspects of medicine and what we here at PICA um, would like to consider more of a well-rounded approach, you know, and bringing that to you. So, Dr. Onasode, we're happy to have you on board. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you and giving your audience some insight into uh, podiatric medicine and a little bit of experience that I have so far so good so you're quite humble so tell us a little bit about kind of what you've been up to you know since residency and then now you're practicing down in texas Mm -hmm. um, and just what that looks like for you i know you're in your own private practice as well now correct so yes um as you all know i uh i trained at uh, the university of louisville jewish uh, hospital system in louisville kentucky um i got recruited by a spine surgeon right after um my training and uh, came down to Dallas, visited uh, what was a, what was a spine practice at that time, an orthopedic spine practice at that time, and he wanted to go into extremities. And so he recruited a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon from UCLA and me, foot and ankle from University of Louisville um, to kind of, um, you know, branch out and go more into extremities. And so I set up the foot and ankle program at that uh, practice at that time and stayed there for a little over five years. And that kind of ran its course, and um, I wanted to kind of learn a little more about the business side of medicine. So I decided to venture out and go out on my own. So about four years ago, I started a solo practice um, in the Dallas Metroplex in Frisco, Texas, to be specific, the, the suburb of Dallas where the Dallas Cowboys have their headquarters. And I have been practicing on my own for the last four years. Um, while I was doing that, I also had um, heavy involvement with our state society here and became uh, chair of the um, pediatric service uh, and foot and ankle division at Texas Health Dallas, which is a level one trauma center, the biggest Texas health hospital in Dallas. And I've been department chair for the last uh, four or five years or so. Um, and so we've been pretty involved in expanding pediatric uh, surgery and foot and ankle service at this uh, level one trauma center. I'm also involved um, heavily with our state society and I'm also involved with Special Olympics. It's something I got um, involved with back in podiatry school. I'm sure you know about, you know, Special Olympics and Dr. Langone back then. And so I'm the clinical director of Special Olympics Texas. And we, you know, work with the athletes here. They are healthy athletes uh, with a program called Fit Feet. And as a clinical director, we work with the athletes at their summer games and winter games and fall games uh, three times a year. I mean, to sum all that up, for the people who know you, I mean, as long as I've known, you've always balanced a lot. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to say work-life balance because you're a father of two and 
Mm-hmm. You got your wife and you've got a lot going on to so your business owner. But I think the part that got me most interested in really bringing you on to the show here was the fact that I actually had the opportunity to treat one of your patients who came to Atlanta. Everyone says the same thing about you, even your colleagues, that you are one of the most empathetic people naturally. So how do how do you feel that empathy has somehow woven its way into your practice and just kind of your philosophy and what you stand for? Absolutely. Um, you know, Empathy in layman's terms is just, you know, kind of seeing yourself in other people, um, identifying with other people's perspectives. And I'm a Christian and, you know, as a Christian, the the two great, you know, commandments is love God and love others and treat others how you want to be treated. And if you live with those two basic tenets, I think um, empathy should come secondhand and second nature. If you see yourself in other people, then obviously you're going to treat them the way you want to be treated the way you want your family to be treated and the way you want your, your loved ones to be treated. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, if you, again, identify with other people's perspectives, you're gonna be disagreements. You're not always gonna, you know, um, see eye to eye on everything, but on a basic human level, if you can identify with the being as somebody who is just like you, then, you know, it, it does come second nature. Um, I, I, I see them as, as me and, and hopefully they see, see, see me as them. You have, I mean, you've touched on there. I mean, there's a lot of textbooks out and a lot of literature out right now that talks a lot about, um, you know, what does it mean to be human? You know, just even in the private sector and the business world and everything to that effect. So I love that you talk about kind of the human component of it and relating to your patients that way. Um, tell me about what is it like, because a lot of people don't talk about this. What is it like now to relate to your patients as a minority, as a minority physician, you know, and how does cultural awareness pour pour into that? Absolutely. Um, you know, as as a minority physician, you know, I, like I said, I have, I have a practice in the suburbs of Dallas, you know, Dallas Metroplex is very, very diverse. I mean, you in Atlanta, so you know about you know, minority professionals and, and, and diversity in medicine. But, but there are still some, you know, um, patients who have never had, you know, a minority specialist. Um, working at a, you know, level one trauma center, I get transfers from, you know, rural communities all the time. And, and uh, we get people who have just never identified um, with, you know, minority physicians. And so there's a little bit of a shock factor and a little bit of a you know, we talked about, you know, perspectives and seeing yourself and other people. Um, I, I still get, you know, situations where, you know, I walk into a room and people automatically hand me the trash and just think I'm there to pick up the trash. You know what I'm saying? Do I have a white coat on or some scrubs? Um, and so you just kind of, you know, understand that in that situation, you know, there might be some ignorance in there, but you come down to their level. You know, people don't know what they don't know. Right. And so, you know, I feel like my job at that point is to educate them and then kind of let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here to be of service. I am your physician. And, you know, as a, a I'm a human being first. I'm a dad. I'm a father. You know, medicine is just what I do. It's not who I am. And so, you know, as a minority, you come in there and, you know, expect, you know, hope for the best but always plan for the worst, you know, it's, it's the situation we live in today. And you, know, if you plan for the worst, then worst case scenario, you're not disappointed, you know, <laughs> but if you get anything better, then it's cherry on top. And so that's the way I, I see it. 
Want to receive a monthly newsletter with topics from the Insured Connection? Head over to pikagroup.com forward slash insured connection and join our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. So it's funny. I remember, and I have to share this story with everyone, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, everyone can hear you, but they can't see you right now, you know, but I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, when I first met you, I remember you were so proud. You're Nigerian. Give them a little oh, bit of background. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, I am Nigerian American. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. My parents came to the U.S. in 1980. My, both my parents did their graduate degrees. My dad got an MBA from the University of Wisconsin, and my mom got a, a master's degree also from, from Wisconsin. And I was born there, but I wasn't raised there. I, I left when I was, you know, about a year old, went back to, to Nigeria and lived there for about 14 years before coming back here and finishing up high school. And so, you know, that the dichotomy and the, the experiences made me, you know, by God's grace, a well-rounded person, you know, as a child of immigrants, um, you tend not to take things for granted. You know, you, you understand perspective, you understand hustle, you understand um, what it means to not have, right? Um, and so we believe in, you know, the ideals of, you know, equal opportunity and equal outcome. And so when you get that opportunity, there's, um, you know, I don't want to call it pressure, but there is a responsibility that you should do your best with that opportunity. And so every step in my journey, by the grace of God and, you know, the fact that he has ordered my footsteps, we understand that every opportunity is, 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 is a challenge and it's an opportunity for you to do something with it. And so, yeah, that that Nigerian background, the Christian background, and my parents being an integral integral part of my 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 upbringing and an integral part of my my being, myself, my identity, um, goes a long way in, in everything I do, from medicine to how I you know practice at home as a father and, and as a husband. I love that you bring that up because it's it's funny because it's not obviously specific just to podiatry, right? I mean, Correct. It's, Correct. It's, it's everything. It's not even just medicine. So, you know, here, you know, in the Insured Connection, obviously, we've got chiropractors, we've got dentists, we've got lawyers and podiatrists, everyone listening in. So it's like this idea of how do we marry empathy and, and being culturally sensitive as well as mm -hmm. um, just being a basic human being. I feel like right. a lot of people have lost that. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, I completely agree. Um, you know, with all the schisms in, in, in our society today and in politics, you're in the South, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we have to be sensitive to, to differences and, 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 and schisms. But at the end of the day, like I said, we are at this, you know, we're all human beings, right? Um, we're human beings for us. We're, we're all children of God. And, you know, I feel like if we come in with that perspective, um, then, you know, there's a little bit of an icebreaker when you have that human feeling and that human touch, um, you know, but as a minority physician and as a minority who is a professional, I have to be sensitive to, you know, disparities that do exist, um, you know, disparities, dis disparities in medicine, disparities in, you know, different sectors um, that we um, get exposed to in, in our everyday life, man. Um, I, I know that where I am today is as a result of, you know, the work that several people before me laid and, and, and the, the, the struggles and, you know, the sacrifices they made. And so, you know, I'd never take that for granted. You know, the fact that I can get into a, you know, any, any hospital and apply for privileges, I know there was some work that was done before that. The fact that as a black physician, I can live wherever I want to live in Dallas, I know there was some work that was done before that, you know, and so I pay homage to, 
to those who came before us. And I understand that, you know, here today I have to have empathy and, but at the same time, um, continue that, that struggle to make things better for the next generation. And um, part of that is, is how you treat your patients, you know, the, whether we like it or not, um, you know, as a minority physician, you're, you're held to a different standard um, in, 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 a, in an age where people are quick to react and go online and, you know, post stuff about you. <laughs> okay. Don't you, you, know, I, you know, I, I love it. Know all about that life. So, you know, um, you know, there, there is some, you know, sensitivity there, but, you know, at the end of the day, I sleep well knowing that I've been empathetic towards my patients and I know that I treat everybody's, you know, how I would want to be treated. Um, and people appreciate that. I mean, they come in and, you know, in, in medicine, physicians, um, you know, might forget that patients are nervous when they come in, you know, they're coming in for a reason and they're trusting literally their lives and putting it in your hands. So you can never take that for granted. Um, you have to be empathetic to, to their situations because they're in your office or in your hospital or on your operating table because they need the help with something. Mm. So it's important to kind of, you know, put yourself in that situation and kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah, it's interesting. Ever since COVID, right? Ever mm. since the pandemic, I mean, you know, you see it in the media a lot about talking about the healthcare disparities. You know what I mean? With yes. Ones, you know, all the different, right. You know, and so all of a sudden, which to me, you know, obviously for us, I'm like, that's not anything new. It's right. Like COVID brought it to the Brought world. it all, all out. Yeah. Like it's always been like that. Been there, yeah. Right. But now all of a sudden, so it's, so I don't know about you, but in my practice, when I have, you know, patients that come in and I'm willing to sit down and say, hey, I understand the fact that they lost their job. Right. Or, hey, they see somebody like me and they think, hey, you might be able to understand where I'm coming from. You look a little bit like me. You right. know, and it's not just that same old, you know, I'm coming at you from a, from a physician to a patient talking right. down at you. Right. And, I, and that has legal implications as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, you, certain things you take for granted. I saw a patient last week who, who was deaf. Um, and, you know, I got a consult from the hospital. I walk in the room and I'm talking to her and, you know, physicians hate when you walk into a room and you're talking to a patient and the patient is on the phone. Right. And so my first inclination is, I'm saying this in my mind, why are you on the phone? You know, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm asking you all these questions, you're not responding and you're pointing at your phone. And so on the inside, I was starting to get aggravated, like, man, she needs to get off her phone. And then, you know, two minutes later, I realized that she's pointing at the interpreter on the phone and saying, hey, I can't hear anything you're saying. I, I need the, the, the app on, on the phone <laughs> so I can get a sign language interpreter, okay? Yeah. You know, and that puts things in perspective, you know, we, we get in there and we just assume mm. that based on people's behavior and the way they are relating to us, they must be up to something. Not realizing that, you know, there's always a second, second, you know, side to the coin, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, most physicians might walk in there and get pissed off. Well, she was on the phone, so I'm walking out, you know, not knowing that this poor lady couldn't hear squats. She couldn't hear anything I was saying. And she was just literally saying, hey, can you sign on to the app so we can get a sign language interpreter so there's there's always another side man even if people are being rude and and you're not feeling what they're trying to get at you dig a little deeper show a little bit of empathy and you know at the end of the day you find that the most most patients are all human they have the same anxieties and fears that we have and they're just looking for answers so i'll ask you one more question um because everything that you're saying obviously this is what i love i love the idea of medicine being more than just what's on, you know, what's on paper, you know, right. like there's part to it. 
Um, how do you, amongst all of the the hats that you wear, mm. how do you keep, you know, the the heart or the empathy side? How do you how do you keep that in your practice? How do you remind yourself of that? Because I mean, there's a lot of things that put pressure on us as physicians. Right. Absolutely. How do you do that? Well, I mean, I'm I'm reminded every day when I walk walk through those doors that you know you, you might be a doctor out there, but you just you just a husband, you just a dad. You know, what I'm saying when you walk through the door, so you know I I am very very well grounded when I walk in the house, and I got two kids screaming at me, "Hey, you need to do this and do that." At the end of the day, you know, we're just healing, right? And so I thank God for for my wife, who's a who's a partner and and a Christian, and you know pushes me every day to be, you know, um, humble. She talks about humility with our kids every day and the fact that, you know, God exalts those who humble themselves. You know what I'm saying? You have to come out with humility and understand that, you know, it's a virtue, right? And so the answer to your question is, I am reminded every day that, you know, there are people who are looking up to me and they expect me to show humility and perseverance and, and, and self-control and, you know, and long suffering every day. And so I take that hat every day into the office and I try to leave that, you know, as an example to my kids and hopefully make my wife proud. Mm, well said. Obviously every wife that's listening to this or every woman that's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, you remind me, I'll say this much. I remember I came home one day and my husband said, um, I, I was used to telling everybody kind of what to do. You right. know, the operator. Right, right. I came home and uh, I said, okay, I need you to do this. And he had asked me how my day was. And I went straight into, I need you to get the kids ready. And, explain yeah. <laughs> and his first reaction was, can you leave Dr. Ross out there and bring Mrs. Hand home? There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I thought that has been the biggest dose of humility. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what title's in front of my name. I am still a human being. Mm. Still need to be humbled a time or two. Absolutely. So it's a reality check. And, you know, not everybody's married or not everybody has kids, but we all have people in our lives. And hopefully we have people that can hold us accountable. Right. Um, and if you have good people that can hold your feet to the fire and, and, and let you know when your head is, you know, being gassed up and, and can bring you down to where you need to be, I think that helps so that when we go out there, we can empathize with patients, again, who have anxieties and fears and coming to you for answers you got to be able to put yourself at that level and think yourself as a patient what, what would i want you know so that helps well said so dr Onosade, again thank you so much and just talking to us about you know everything from empathy and how that plays into cultural awareness our practice and just as people as human beings as you said uh, really really grateful to have you on the show and um yeah, from this point, I just wanted to remind everyone who's listening, um, on Wednesdays is when we release our podcast. Again, please connect, please tell others about the Insured Connection. We have a whole host of speakers that have been coming on board that truly we're bringing the best of the best to you. And we're talking about topics that sometimes don't even get talked about because they matter. So thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. And I look forward to uh, listening to more of the podcast. God bless you. I have a good day. And that's it for this week's episode. But let's continue connecting. If you're enjoying The Insured Connection, don't forget to leave a review on your streaming platform and subscribe now so you can connect with us each time we post a new episode. To stay connected with us throughout the week and to tell us topics we should discuss on future episodes, go to pikagroup.com forward slash insured connection.